You are now listening to another episode of Thoughts Over Coffee Daily with your host, Anthony Cass Clark. This is a daily podcast documenting the thoughts of the everyday entrepreneur. Let's get into it. Good people of the world. What is up? It's your boy, Anthony Cass Clark, here for another edition of Thoughts Over Coffee Daily. Yep, 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 yep. I hope that all is well, all is well on this side. Listen, today we're going to jump right into it. We are talking about no more Mr. Nice Guy. We're talking about stern and compassionate leadership. Is there, such, is there such thing as stern and compassionate, or is it stern versus compassionate leadership? So what I'm going to do is have a guest on today. Uh, you may know him. You may not know him. His name is Stephen Dakers. He is one of my great friends. Um, he's actually an ex-business partner of mine. Um, he's someone who I got out the mud with, man. We started this in this marketing journey together, uh, really just cutting our teeth in the streets doing different things, uh, working different businesses. We actually had a podcast once upon a time uh, with us. We started very early. Back in 2014, we had our first podcast by the name of Fourth Quarter Life, and we grew that podcast. And uh, still, still a great friend of mine. So I want to call him. Uh, he's in a very high leadership position in one of the country's largest uh, marketing agencies. And he runs, you know, he has lots of employees under him. And uh, Steve is quite, I like to say, he's quite the opposite of me, right? I'm very compassionate, very understanding type of leader. Steve, not so much, right? And that's what makes us great friends because we're total opposites and we learn from each other consistently and constantly. So I want to give him a call to see if he's available and let's get him on the phone. Let's see. All right. So we're going to call Steve now and see if he picks up. Loud, very loud. Turn that down. Let's see the answers. Come on, Steve. Answer the phone. Yo. There he is. What's going on, bro? <laughs> My man. Welcome to the pod, bro. Thank you. I know you are, you're, on right. a, you're on a time limit. Are you back from Las Vegas? Yeah, you're back in Tennessee, bro. Back in Tennessee. My oh, man. So can you hear me well? Yeah, I can. You're just fine. Okay, perfect. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm echoing. Oh, you're echoing, but you're fine on the pod. You sound good. Yeah. Okay. Look. Uh, so we we had an interesting topic on the pod today, and I want you to chime in on this. So we're talking about: is there such thing as stern and compassionate leadership, or is it stern versus compassionate leadership? Right. And this is all piggybacking off of a situation that I had this week uh, with a former a former employee of mine that I had to let go, right? And it was because he wasn't doing his job correctly. And so there's a lot yeah. of talk right now about uh, quiet quitting, uh, quiet firing. Have you heard these terms? Yeah. Okay. So a lot of talk about it, right? And so... 
I felt like he was quiet quitting <laughs> and I was loud firing. <laughs> if that makes sense, right? And uh, quite frankly, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'll be totally honest about the situation. Like, I was pretty upset about letting him go simply because of my findings, right? And when I found out that he was uh, not doing his job sufficiently, I didn't, I didn't take any time to really think about it. I was like, you know, he got, he has to go, and so it wasn't, you know, an attack on his character or on him as a person but it was just all about the business. And so as I'm growing my agency and learning more and more, I find myself starting to chip away so much at my compassionate side and applying more sternness. And before you got on the podcast, I talked a little bit about you and (laughs) I told everybody how just naturally I'm more of a compassionate leader and naturally, you are more of a stern leader. And so I thought this would be a great conversation to get your opinions on how do you, how do you go about leadership being that you manage you know, a large amount, large amount of people with different personalities in one of the largest agencies in the country. We won't, we won't say the name, but that's, that's where your position is. So how do you go about leadership on a daily basis? So uh, I think it's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. Stern versus compassion. And I think that uh, without, regard, without regard for how you position the message, is it honest and is it, is it for mm-hmm. Right? So like, if I communicate that you are not doing your job well, stern or compassion has to do with like how I deliver that message. Right, like, am, am I sugarcoating it? Am I saying it very straight and direct? Where where the effective leadership comes in is, am I saying it? Mm, right? Because if you're not doing your job mm. well, and because I want to be compassionate, I'm not willing to tell you that you suck. Then I'm not being an effective leader. Right, right. So do you do you feel like? Do you feel like it makes a difference? Because like what you said, I agree with you, right? It, the fact is that you have to say it. To be an effective leader, you yeah. have to call it out. Now, in the fashion that you call it out, do you feel like that matters as much, right? Because some people will, people, some people would say, oh, you know, I don't like that. I feel attacked or whatever it may be. So do you feel, is there a balance between stern and compassionate when delivering a message to an employee or a team, a team member? So, you, you know me well enough, sometimes I can be really flippant. So, like, I'll be talking to some of my employees and I'll just be like, oh, that, that made no sense. Right? And there'll just be a certain idea and it's just like, I just blurted out that that particular thing didn't make any sense. Yeah. Right? But usually said in a fair amount of jest, never really trying to break anybody down or, or hurt their feelings or anything like that. But there are some conversations that I know are going to be rougher. Like, hey, like, you are not meeting the expectations in general. And I think that if the intention is to develop somebody and you know that you're going to tell, tell them something that's going to hurt, you have to say it in the way that is constructive. Gotcha. Right? Gotcha. So I might flippantly say, like, oh, we're optimizing for traffic, but we actually want conversions. That's silly. We shouldn't do that, mm-hmm. right? 
But if I'm trying to communicate somebody that they, hey, it takes you seven hours to build out an ad campaign. I only budget out three hours for that. Right? So so that is a, a much bigger conversation because I can't keep having you take seven hours to do something that I'm, I'm only accounting three hours for, right? Right. But that, that conversation should come with growth and development. Yeah. So it's not just going to be like, hey, get better. Walk me through the process that you're currently taking. Let's point out the areas of opportunity. Let's get you developed. Right. So you do need to know that you're not meeting standards. Right. So that, that feels compassionate to me. That feels compassionate yeah. to me, right? Up, giving them the tools to be better. Because if they do share their process with you and you do find that there are, you know, gaps or holes in the process that's actually making them take that much time than they should, as they shouldn't, then as a leader, that's your job to come in and fill those holes to make sure they have the proper process to do it within the three hours and not the seven. Yeah, and that's why I think that the fairness and compassion is masking the real conversation, right? Like, like as a leader are you obligated to, to grow and develop the people that you're leading? Yeah. I would say yes. Yeah. 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 That's true. Right. So I think it comes down to, doesn't matter if you lean more towards stern or more towards compassionate. The fact of the matter is that the message has to be delivered. Effectively. Effectively. Got you. But does effectively mean more stern? <laughs> that that would be up to the leader's discretion, right? Gotcha. If you know that you can't talk to somebody in a certain way or still get in their feelings, don't talk to them like that. Yeah. Does that or is it not effective communication? Mm, I, well, that's growth, Steve. That's growth. Because like you said, right, sometimes you can get very flippant. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I've been okay. there. I've okay. been there with you. You know what I'm saying? So, and that's growth. <laughs> that's growth. That's amazing. I'm, I'm trying, bro. I'm trying. That's amazing. <laughs> well, the company that you uh, that you're a part of is uh, lucky and blessed to have you, and they should treat you as such, <laughs> because ACC uh, will steal them, steal you from them, eventually. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Eventually. Well, I appreciate you uh, and your time, bro. Did you have anything that you wanted to plug, pause, or? Uh, you know, or share before we get off the call. Nah, man. Uh, it's kind of fun. We should do them off. Uh, man, listen, bro. Don't don't start that, bro. Because I have you on this uh, podcast <laughs> every episode. <laughs> 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 don't start that. Don't start it, bro. Well, no, I appreciate you, bro. Thanks for the time. Um, yeah, man. So, I really hope that the listeners or viewers of this pod really got something out of this conversation because I feel like it's important being that, you know, there's so much conversation going on right now with quiet firings and quiet quitting and the great resignation. And I think a lot of this misses the viewpoints of the leader, right? The leader is... I think that quiet quitting is actually really interesting. Yeah. Because... Steve, are you there? I think okay. A lot of companies are only really offering the tech. 
right? Like there's no broking on it. Yeah. And the only attachment that that an employee has is I, I need to keep this keep this income. Correct. I don't think that you have as much quiet quitting when uh, there's a more personal relationship between like employee and leader. Yep, I agree. I agree. I agree. Right. So I think that what happens is uh an employee will feel used, abused, but also not saying like I got, I have to pay rent. Right. And that's when that's out to like the quiet quitting type of thing. Yeah, and I think a lot of leaders are, you know, and I'm not going to put this on all the boomers or whatever, but I think people from like the boomer generation, older people are just like, wait, 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 wait. What do you mean you're angry? You're making a check every, you know, say every week or every other week. I'm paying you. It shouldn't matter <laughs> how you feel. The, the fact is your rent is being paid by me. You know what I'm saying? And I think a lot of those mm-hmm. older older leaders feel that way and they're I mean quite frankly bamboozled by the emotion of new age employees but we both know right that the workforce is ever changing you can't treat people from this generation as if you would treat workers that were in the steel industry <laughs> it's just yeah two different mindsets two different generations it, it, so and like we have more, we have more access to knowledge. Indeed, right, exactly, right. So, so, so even even if I'm a, a low earning employee, it's gonna cost you almost every time more to hire and train somebody than to retain. Them. Yep. Yep. So yep. there is an expectation that if I'm gonna stay here, I'm gonna keep committing forty plus hours, especially if you have to work in an office, right, or, or go to your job. Right. You have to commute there through traffic. Generally, you're going to stay a little bit over, mm-hmm. and then you're going to come back through traffic. Right. And you give you give the better part of five days to a corporation. Right. And it cannot simply be for the check that they cut. Yeah, yeah. I think you know some leaders would. I think we, some leaders will push back on you. Like, do you know what I had to do <laughs> to grow this company to even get to the point to even hire you? You're talking about a commute. You're talking about giving your your time you know and you know and there's a lot of argument we can go on and on about it but i do think both sides whether you're on the leadership side or the employee side there has to be some level of understanding to what each side is coming where each side is coming from and that's how i think we build better companies right and that so goes back to our original point compassion Right, employees have to have compassion. I, I, I would challenge leadership. Yep. I, and, and I know you don't want to get into this argument, but I would challenge leadership in understanding that taking on an employee is not entirely about easing the workload for your business. Mm-hmm. You're taking on an employee, mm-hmm. and just understanding what that responsibility is to that employee. Yeah. Yeah. I, right. Like. Mm-hmm. You're all, as the owner, as a leader, you're, you're going to get the lion's share financially, right. generally speaking, right? Yep. But when you're taking on somebody to help you out, what, what is clear and obvious to you is that you need help with some work. What is clear and obvious to them is that they need to get paid. But if you, if you just do the simple economic stuff, right? Retaining employees is, is easier than finding new ones. 
Mm-hmm. So if you have to invest in retention of employees, whether that be compensation or group trips or culture building, mm-hmm. whatever it needs to be, yeah. right? Time invested into that employee. Yep. It's better for your business in the long run than to burn somebody out and get somebody else in. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Yeah, I, I think that is very true. That is very true. Um, you know, <laughs> so you're trying to bait me into a, another conversation, Steve. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'll say my opinion. I will say my opinion. No, I got to say it. The, the workforce is bigger than ever, right? And especially for someone in my position, right? So this may be incredibly difficult for other leaders of large corporations and such. But for me, where I generally hire freelancers, the 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 pool is large. And I'm not saying this in a disrespectful manner, not because you like for example, I'll, I'll use them by name, Mariano, the, the very editor who will be editing this video and this podcast, he is essential to my business, right? He's not God forbid something happens with Mariano, he can't be replaced tomorrow. It goes back to your point about having to build somebody up, right? Having to get them back into company culture, uh, getting them to give you their all regardless and building that relationship. That's not an easy thing to do with a new employee. So you have to take that into account when you're judging someone's value, right? But there are other other freelancers. Not I'm not talking about anybody on my team because everybody on my team currently are essential to my business. Everybody, social media manager, account manager, uh, executive assistant, everybody. But there are other freelancers that come and go, right? And so where in, some people mess up, especially in the freelancer space, they come on thinking that they are essential immediately, not realizing that their skill is broad. And, in it, and what builds your, your value is the relationship and showing that you will go to war for the company that you are a part of or that you're working with. The value, your, your skill is very valuable for sure. But just know there's other people globally <laughs> who have the skill that you have. You know what I mean? That makes sense? Yeah, but I think it's interesting talking about freelancers versus It's two different situations. Because generally... Yeah, like, like a, a freelancer... Can- and I just finished uh, getting caught up in uh, the new Game of Thrones. Mm. But a freelancer is essentially like a mercenary or a salesman, right? Mm. Like, negotiate the wages you want because I expect you to come in, able to execute to this standard. Yeah. And the understanding is that as long as you can continue to execute to that standard, I'll consider you to, uh, to pay you the wages that we negotiated. Right. And it's pretty much there. Right. And typically, if you're a freelancer, the company that you're working with is generally not paying your entire salary. They're a portion of your income. So it's a little, you have a little bit more flexibility of, God forbid, you know, that company lets you go or you stop working with them. You you have other companies that you're working with or other contracts in order. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So there is a big difference there for sure. But I think all in all, to end the conversation, I think there has to be a balance. I think employees have to under, un, take some time to understand what leaders are going through in their mindsets, and then leaders have to do the same thing. Um, of course, there's bad employees and there's bad leadership. 
But we're talking about generally good leaders and good employees have to take the time to understand each other's side. Steve disagrees. <laughs> anyway. All right, Steve. <laughs> no, I, I agree in theory. I know, I know. But you, you, you want to take this you want to take this conversation thirty minutes. So I Yeah, I'm I'm your specialty on this issue. Yeah. Did not call the Harris for back and forth. Yeah, but we'll have you back on, Steve. Like you said, I think this we missed this dialogue, so we'll have you back on the pod to discuss because I think there's a lot of not not I think there is a lot of conversation to be had uh with both of our experiences that we've had in the world. Like I told on our podcast before you got on, you know, we cut our teeth together in the streets, kind of learning marketing together, like, you know, just doing it on the whim and kind of just in the jungle, right? But throughout the years, we've gained so much experience in our perspective uh, fields in our different experiences. I think, you know, it, it'll do us justice to have more conversation, to share value with people. 100%. All right, bro. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate you. Um, all right, guys. Listen, before I go, you know what to do. Share this podcast with somebody if you think it's valuable. Share it to your social media. You see me post, please hit that share button or save it. Uh, save it for later. There's lots of value that we give all the time. And uh, if you want to generate leads for your business, I will teach you how to do it for free 99 and i don't mean free 99 i mean free just click the link in the description of the podcast go to my link in bio send me a message on uh on instagram just send the word leads and i'll send you my free ebook 36 pages of just jam-packed information on how to generate leads for your business so do that uh get free ebook and i promise you it will do you a lot of justice for your business you agree steve for sure all right. And Steve, uh, do you have to go or you want to stick around for the tip of the day? Um, no, I got to jump. All right. Go ahead and jump, Steve. I'll continue with the tip of the day and get out of here. All right, Steve. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. All right, bro. That was Stephen Dakers. My man. All right. So tip of the day. Uh, then we'll get out of here, guys. Quickly, quickly. This is called the sticky note method. This is what I've used in my personal life to personal life to kind of just propel my uh, my goals, right? To propel my, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Jay, help me out. What am I propelling? I'm propelling my efforts, if I would say. Uh, so what I do is I take my main goal and we'll say, you know, if it's financial goal, I will make $20,000 this month. What I do is I buy a pack of sticky notes and I write them down on at least you know 10 to 15 sticky notes and I put them in every single doorway in my house, on every cabinet, on the fridge, wherever I go and I open up anything and I have to walk through it, I'm going to put a sticky note there in big bold letters. What that does, it, it programs your brain to keep this goal at the top of mind all the time. And so the thing with goals is we write them down in a notebook and we close it up. And then we, we review them every other month or whatever it may be. But you have to learn how to keep a goal in the top of mind, at the top of mind. How do you do that? Sticky notes. Put a sticky note on every single door. Put a sticky note on your steering wheel. Put a sticky note on your radio in your car, on every door, every cabinet, every refrigerator, whatever it may be. 
put a sticky note in those doorways and those places that you frequent. And I guarantee you what happens is your brain will start to wrap around that goal and you will accomplish it in no time. This is something that has worked for me. Uh, and I'm currently in the process of interchanging my sticky notes because I've reached my goal. So that's my tip of the day. Use sticky notes. I promise you it will work. All right. And um, I think that's it for me, guys. Hopefully we got some good clips from this. Uh, Steve gave some good value. Um, be good. Be, be good employees. Be good leaders. Be good people. And that's how we will propel moving forward. Thanks. Appreciate you. Peace. Blessings. Cheers. Thank you.